You sending the whoop? Shit, that's all you had to say. Get away from her, you bitch. Banana. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. You're not even interesting enough to make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density. You think I'm gorgeous? You want to kiss? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sending the Wolf. My name is Clark Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me. Today is a very fun episode. My guest is Roxy Stryer, actress and host Roxy Stryer, who you have seen all across the interwebs um, and, uh, and a sweet friend of mine. And we are going to be diving into the Disney animated classic, The Lion King, just in time for John Favreau's photorealistic reimagining, are we calling? it live action I don't know but uh, Roxy and I are going to talk about the animated movie and as a result we talked a lot about the history of Disney and our experience with Disney we talked about the music um and the best songs that are on the list, uh, the AFI songs list. And um, it's a really, really great conversation. I am such a fan of Roxy's. I think she's really incredibly smart and super fun to be around and just an all around lovely human being. And so I'm, I'm truly, truly thrilled that she agreed to do the show. I caught her right in between tapings over a Collider video. And um, yeah, we, we kind of, we kind of cover the spectrum, but this is a really fun Disney episode. And especially too, I think because if you are of a certain age, I'm a little bit older than Roxy, which by the way, wish her a happy belated birthday. By the time you're hearing this, it was, um, It'll be less than a week after her birthday, so go on over there and send her some love. Um, but if you're around our age, you know these. This was a time in Disney animation where the rules were being rewritten, and it was this renaissance of sorts, starting with The Little Mermaid, and of course you have um, you have uh, Beauty and the Beast, and you have Aladdin, and 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 you know we talk a little bit about which I didn't know that um, when The Lion King was in production, there were sort of there were two movies happening at the same time. There was Lion King, and there. Was Pocahontas and a lot of the A-list animators went over to Pocahontas because they thought that was going to be more of a sure bet and now here we are uh, so many years later and Lion King is not only you know an animated classic um, and considered one of the best Disney animated movies of all time but it has you know the the touring show um, the the musical that has covered the you know traveled the world and tons of you know soundtracks and sequels and now here we are with um, with a new interpretation of the Lion King hitting theaters this Friday so um, I really hope you enjoy this if you're listening to this episode on the Tuesday that it comes out. Uh, I will be on my way to San Diego for Comic-Con. Um, if you haven't already, go on over to Patreon and listen to last week's mini. I go over my whole schedule, everything from DC to the new document documentary Memory, The Origins of Alien, and a couple of other things in between. It's going to be a really packed show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see some of you all there. So please... Um, 
feel free to check that out. Patreon.com slash Clark Wolf to see, uh, you know, all the details and um, the panels and all of that. Alrighty, friends, without further ado, here is Roxy Stryer talking about the 1994 animated feature, The Lion King. for agreeing to do this. Are you, I was so excited when you asked me. Yay. That's all I want. So mm. it's funny because, uh, well, because we're, we're, I'm catching you in between your, your recordings uh, at, at Collider. And um, I feel like I've never actually done this before where I'm like sneaking in and grabbing somebody in between because you're just so... You're so busy. Yeah, but thank you so much for doing that because that's how I, I, fe- I feel obnoxious. But I'm like, no. oh, I've got this and then this, but I have an hour here. And no, you're that's like, great. And also because, you know, like Burbank is so close and so easy. So I have no complaints. This is very exciting. I don't know how many times I've been called easy, like, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy to hear it this time. Yeah. Well, all, all good. <laughs> all good kinds. Um, So let's go ahead and let's just sort of dive in. Let's just dive in. Um, because I am curious, uh, you picked um, The Lion King. I did. And you had, but you had like a plethora of movie options. In the most obnoxious way possible. No, yes. in the best way possible. People do that all the time. And I actually love um, that, you know, we had like, that, that we had choices for you. Um, but your choices, like, what was your, what would you say was your second favorite that you wanted to do? Because you gave me a bunch of great options. Oh, at this point, I don't even know. No, I'd have to think there is. So let's see. I've got on here West Side Story. Lots of musicals. Well, West Side Story right now, especially with the first image being released and how obsessed I am with it. Uh, yeah, I guess lots of musicals. It's so interesting because I don't think of myself as somebody necessarily who loves musicals, but I was a theater major. I do love musicals, so I guess I'm just that person now. Uh, I, I love music. My dad was in the music industry, and my mom was a theater person, so it kind of merged in those areas. Uh, we watched a lot of them growing up on repeat, all the holidays. That was time for musicals. Oh. So I guess that's why... I, I selected some of them. Do you still for holidays? I I think that I would like to more. Mm-hmm. Like I I was thinking about when is the last time I saw something like West Side Story yeah. or before this. When was the last time I saw The Lion King? Right, right. So long ago. I yeah. mean, we're talking definitely over five years on both of those movies. And I think that it's because you are listening. I listen to the song so often. Mm-hmm. I forget that. It's the the movie I need to watch. You right. Know what I mean, I feel like I know it so well because I know every single Lion King song back yes. and forth. Same yes. thing with West Side Story. Right. But that doesn't mean that I know the story as well. I actually had some surprises in Lion King. Really? <laughs> like what? Well, just the order of things. Or like I remember that the one uh, Timon and Pumbaa like trying to do that little dance, the <laughs> dance. I completely forgot yeah. about that. And then when it popped up, I was like, oh, my God. I, I remember thinking as a kid that that was so funny. Yes. Like that they were geniuses and that was so funny. And then it just completely left my head because mm-hmm. it's not a very popular ditty that they do. <laughs> so that one, I was really happy. I was like, this is why you rewatch movies yeah, for those but, moments. Well, it's funny. I, you know, they're, they're revisiting The Lion King. It, I watched this movie so much as a kid, but it was, it's kind of like for slightly embarrassing reasons. I was obsessed with Jonathan Taylor Thomas obsessed like like posters on the wall oh oh my girl 
if <laughs> if my mother ever wanted to like embarrass me or extort m- money that I don't have from me, which why would she? But if she did, like there are pictures of my room just covered in posters. What was it? it? I just I don't. I thought he was so cute, and I thought he was so funny. First crush. Um, no, because I, like, when I was younger, like, I thought I had a crush on Batman, like, Michael Keaton, and I had a crush on Michael J. Fox, and, uh, you know, I had, so I had crushes, for sure, but, but I was, like, teeny bopper obsessed with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I had a little Simba watch, um, and, but it was, again, it wasn't because I loved The Lion King, it was because I loved Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But I'm impressed that when you were (laughs) younger, you were even aware who was doing what, or who was a part of one, but that's why you're so great with the Shimona. Well, I appreciate that. I've been uh, a fanatic, I would say, since I was young. And uh, about, like... Musicals also? Oh, I love musicals. I love musicals. But, you know, it's funny because, like, the movies that my parents showed me, my dad specifically, were, like, Young Frankenstein or Princess Bride um, and, and you know, Wizard of Oz, but stuff like that. So it wasn't... It's it certainly more... And Back to the Future. So it certainly leaned more into comedy. And then, you know, Wizard of Oz is just something that I gravitated to very young. But they didn't say, oh, do you like Wizard of Oz? Well, then you'd like West Side Story. Or do you like this? Then you'd like Sound of Music or something like that. So I think it was because when I was younger, I did theater and loved performing. And so, like, I found musicals like Sister Act was a really big one for me. Yeah. Um, I loved the music. I loved the comedy. And your family watched it together, or you kind of found that one by yourself? You know, they, I think, well, Sister Act, I had the VHS, and I watched over and over and over and over and over again. Um, So, but I think, like, my dad at first showed me Princess Bride, or at first showed me Young Frankenstein, but then I got the VHSs and just watched them repeatedly. So, so they, they, I was the kid that you could put a movie on for, and then I would be occupied for two hours. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't need them there. Uh, filling in the blanks. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was definitely the exact same way. Really? Oh, 100% because I think there were so many angles I was looking at it mm. even as a kid. What's happening? Yes. Who, and even questioning, who's my favorite character? Who is the bad guy? Right. What, what do I wish I was seeing here? What's going to happen next? Oh, I already know. And then I would memorize the lines. So I would watch the same movies over and over again. I would memorize to try to I don't know. Maybe I thought that was cool to impress my yeah. friends. Like I could lip mouth every single word Same, to these yes. movies, which is certainly not cool. <laughs> it's the coolest it's when like you're a, in the fifth grade or slightly something. Slightly obnoxious when you're sitting there and Probably. right before every joke, you laugh and say what the joke is. <laughs> I mean, I think if you get above a certain age, then it's obnoxious yeah. because I certainly like. I, I have a friend who told me this story one time about speaking of Princess Bride that um, the first time he saw Princess Bride, he was in high school, and so. So um, he was watching it with a group of people who like knew the movie and loved the movie. So they were talking, saying the lines with every like they talked over the entire movie, quoting it. And so he was like, I hate this movie. This is so annoying. But these are 15, 16 year olds. So that's kind of like obnoxious. But I feel like a kid doing it and acting it out is what do we think? Like a below 10? Yeah, I'll say below 10. Okay. No, then I'm still, I'm still in the clear. Yeah. I think that that's fair. But yeah, and then I remember when the awareness of my obsession with Jonathan Taylor Thomas kind of like kicked in and I was like, oh, this is, 
I don't know how I feel about this. It was like Lion King went away. It was so fun. It was just like, okay, well, I'm all set. But on to the next. On to the next. That's right. But this movie, like, I think we're about the same age, maybe uh, within five years, let's say. And I'm going to be 28 soon. So. Oh, okay. Then I'm a little older. So, uh, But that said, this movie came out at a time that was like the Disney boom was happening. Do you remember, did your parents take you to see it? Do you remember the first time you saw it? Uh, you know what's so sad is that I don't remember the first time I've seen anything. Okay. Like literally the first thing, the only recollection I have of the first time I saw a movie, I was 13. That's okay. the earliest recollection I have, and it was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, wow. And it was because I felt like I was a little too young to be <laughs> watching that movie. Uh, and I was with my older cousins. But before that, I know I saw all of this. Yeah. But I And I remember doing that with, like, the lines, and my parents would make so much fun of me. And I remember the movies I watched over and over, but I don't— I don't remember going to the movies for the first time. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just we did it so often. Uh-huh. I was in such an entertainment family uh. that it was not a big deal the way that I was raised. I, my parents would put on three back-to-back movies for me. Wow. So it wasn't like, oh, she gets this amount of screen time. Right. They were like, oh, we're going to go do our thing, and you are going to chill and watch movies Same. for the next 12 hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I know that all of these Disney movies, and I kind of put this in the Disney princess category, uh-huh. even though it's not. Yeah. But for me, it was in that same circle of I would watch – uh, Aladdin, Lion King, yep. the Mulan. Yes. Uh, I would watch all of these Little Mermaid, Snow White, over mm-hmm. and over and over again. I was obsessed with these Disney movies. Yeah. And I, I don't think I could have seen them enough times. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. I, well, Little Beauty Mermaid for sure when I was younger. And then when I got, when I say younger, I mean like maybe four or five. Uh, you know, like that was, Little Mermaid was my thing. And then and I. you remember it? You remember the first times that you watched a lot of these? I don't remember the first times, but I do remember like, I, I remember you know, singing singing along with Ariel and, like, l- learning from The Little Mermaid that I liked to sing. I remember that. And then I also remember when I was about four or five years old, I had a really strict appetite, meaning, like, appetite. I, I didn't like food. I was just like, nah, I'm g- I don't have that problem now, <laughs> unfortunately. But my parents were just like, Clark is not eating. Like, she just, all she wants to, all I would wanted to eat, and this still kind of rings true today, is Uh, was um, green beans and uh, cheese and apple juice. And that was like all I wanted. What a strange combination. I know, right? And so... um, Was it like a food touching thing or it was just those were the only ones that tasted good? Yeah, it was about like the ones that I like, that that it tasted good. I just had a very like... Um, very closed off palate but that said I had a babysitter and I've talked about her on this podcast a lot she was the one that showed me like Tim Burton Tim Burton movies and she was the one who got me into fantasy and like all those kinds of things and um, she was an artist and so she would draw me clean plate awards based on like things that I you know loved and so um, if I ate all the food on my plate I got to like hang the, the thing on the fridge which is by the way such an 80 
'80s and '90s thing because, like, it, parents now, if they did that, it's like, do not. Re- it's a weird thing with food, and it starts like, a, but you know, really, <laughs> it's the '80s and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They like this is frowned upon because then it's like you don't eat until you're satisfied. You eat everything because you're like, I want a reward kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I can see that. I bring that up because Ariel um, was absolutely like on my babysitter drew me an Ariel clean plate award, and it was like. Perfect. Well, and you kind of look like Ariel. Was she oh, the one that you you saw yourself in? Was that kind of part of it? I think I I think I'm more related to Belle hmm. a little later yeah. when she when when Beauty and the Beast came out. You're a little combination of both. Maybe. Of them. <laughs> Do you have a princess that you identify with? I think that. Mm, it was when I was younger, it was Jasmine, until it switched to Mulan. Oh, I love Mulan. And I was like, that's me. Yeah. I'm Mulan. I don't really know why. Yeah. <laughs> I just, everything she did, I just felt very connected to. All of the, the reasons behind everything, I was like, yes. I feel you, girl. Yes. That is totally what the move that I would either make or the way that I see myself, which sure. might not necessarily be true, but like what I would hope I would do. Absolutely. Well, I love that. I mean, I, I Mulan is, I think Mulan is underappreciated in the bigger Disney animation picture because it came at the end of that Disney renaissance sort of. Um, and, uh, and also it challenged a lot of those, you know, conventions, right? Like if you're looking at... Um, if you're looking at Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and you're looking at Aladdin, even though all three of those princesses are very different, um, they, I think, still feel part of the bigger, um, you know, the bigger Disney at that time picture. And then you get Lion King and Pocahontas and um, Mulan. And I guess Hercules is in there somewhere, although I don't know the exact timeline. But Mulan kind of, I think, belongs with those, you know, earlier Disney, like, Renaissance movies. But just timeline-wise, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I—that's an interesting point because I—I do clump them in my brain together right. because I watched them back to back. But I think that it does say something that Mulan needed that little extra time mm-hmm. for people to be like, "Oh, this is okay that this movie exists," and little girls are looking up to Mulan. Yeah, uh, and it was—it was before its time even, but it also came at the perfect moment for the world. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and it's—it's it's too your point like you know and this is something that's been very much discussed is the idea that like Mike Pence who is the vice president right now is kind of he's infamous for criticizing Mulan in an op-ed like this is tricking our little girls I remember and that is just like (laughs) to me that's so it's so interesting uh, because the reasons that you and I relate to her and appreciate her, I think, are the reasons where where this one individual is like, girls shouldn't be exposed to this. And it's like, what? What? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I have a hard time. I usually try to see both sides of a situation, mm-hmm. uh, and I— I like that about myself, but I have a hard time looking at Mulan and understanding why somebody would think that would be a a bad movie for somebody to look up to. Absolutely. I, I don't I don't get that. I can't relate to that in any way, shape, or form. And I just think that the message is so important. Yeah. And really cool. And the way that they did it was different. Uh, not to mention that tons of little girls and boys out there were yeah. finally seeing somebody on screen that may or may not have looked like them for the first time yeah. in one of these animated movies. I mean, that's 
pretty cool too. Yeah, I agree. And that's just a small part of it, but still, I mean, I I can't understand why somebody would look at that and be like, this is a problem. This, we need to stop I, Mulan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so bizarre. But to the point of live action or live action remakes, um, which obviously it's debatable if The Lion King is live action, whatever. But I, Mulan is the one that I have said since the beginning when the, when Disney started like doing this. That was the one where I was like, I want to see those battle scenes. I want to see the. F- I want to see that. You and me both. It lends itself to live action better than any of the rest of the Disney Mm -hmm. movies that they are making. Uh, I just think that premise-wise, the pitch sounds like a live action pitch. Right. And they happen to do it animated. But it's so perfect. It's not the same thing as a Beauty and the Beast where when I'm pitching it to you, I'm like, okay, so there's this candlestick. And, you know, but it's like a live action candlestick? Yeah. (laughs) What? Mulan, there's nothing about, uh, well, there, of course, there's some animal aspect. Sure. But there's there's nothing about it when you pitch it to me where I'm like, that that doesn't sound like it could be done live action. Right. Which is what's really exciting about it. Yeah. It's very cool. And, um, okay, so let's, um, I want to, I do want to talk or circle back on the Lion King. This is circle of life. The so. circle. I want a circle of life back to the Lion King. See, that I had to. I you could. did so good because I did not mean to do that. Um, but, no, I want to ask about, um, so I did a little reading. You know, I, I tell all my guests that, like, this show is not a, um, a history lesson or anything like that. But I, I am curious sometimes to hear about the legacy of these movies. Like, I looked into um, – I did some reading about Toy Story when um, Sabina Graves came on and we talked about Toy Story and, and learned a lot. And it was really fun to add to the conversation. And with this one, something that stood out to me that I thought was cool was that – while they were making this, this was sort of the the B project that was going on because all of the A-list, you know, um, top of the top Disney animators and producers and all of that were working on Pocahontas. They chose to work on Pocahontas, um, thinking that that was going to be like the next, the, the big deal. And, um, and don't get me wrong, like Pocahontas has beautiful visuals, um, but I would argue that Lion King has stood the test of time more so out of the two of them. Uh, definitely. I, I mean, mean, talk about live action issues. Pocahontas is going to have its demons to face for sure. Absolutely. In a remake, uh, although I still enjoy a lot of the movie. Sure. that's I had never heard that, and that's really fascinating, especially because I think at the time, if, if I was this age then and you had pitched them both to me, I think I would have gone with Pocahontas as well if right. I was working on them. Oh, really? Because concept-wise, I think Lion King – Lion King's an excellent movie with – not the strongest concept. Mm-hmm. Like it, you pitch it. I mean, I don't even know how you would sell that to somebody. It's a, you know, it's all animals, and it is about the circle of life, mm-hmm. and there's there's death, and then you know, being a rightful and family betrayal. But with animals, you would think, uh, okay, can people relate to this as much? Right. Who is the princess right. here? Right. You know, is is Nala strong enough to cat? Just all all these questions. And Pocahontas is clearer what is happening there. So I don't blame people for thinking that would be the powerhouse. Sure. 
Lion King's a complete anomaly. That's what they were saying in this piece that I was ta- reading was they were talking about how it was a risk in a lot of ways. You know, like you're saying, there are no human protagonists in the movie and uh, completely like animal centric and not based on a pre-existing or, or not wholly or completely based on a pre-existing story, right? right? And so that was, at the time, seen as a huge risk. But at the same time, what I think is so interesting about The Lion King is that it feels epic. The The word that I keep coming back to with this movie is epic. Um, you know, from the visuals and the location and the sounds and the, the, the um, you know, Shakespearean tragedy kind of, you know, lots of people have pointed to Hamlet or other, right. other influences. And so it's like, for this to be a risk, boy, did they take like a big swing. Massive. You know? Yeah, and going to that, the it feeling epic, also explaining to kids, to deciding to take on explaining to kids why it's okay that lions eat other animals sure. and then why it's okay that those animals eat bugs and how who, who is allowed to do what and what makes things right and having us all walk away being like, yeah, I got that. Uh-huh. Totally makes sense to me. I mean, that is such a strange task to take on, but it, it really was... A, a lot of kids' introduction to this is how it works. Right. And that is, again, I can't say it enough, the circle of life. Right. That is part of it. Uh, and also, a lot of these Disney movies do dive into the death of one or more parents. Mm-hmm. I always joke about the fact to be a member of DPC, which I <laughs> part of lovingly call the Dead Parents Club. You uh-huh. have to, to be a Disney princess, you have to have lost a parent at yeah. some point because it's just all of them. Like it is a prerequisite. But this movie actually addresses that yeah. more than maybe even any other Disney movie at this time. Yeah. Uh, where they really. You see before and after, yes, uh, and how that affects. And I think that talk about a big swing. I mean, trying to do all of those things in one movie, and then, like you said, having no humans, right, and asking kids to care. I, it's kind of miraculous that they were able to pull it off. Well, and they t- this this interview that I read, which was which maybe came out less than a decade ago, but it was it was sort of for the Blu-ray or or new new release of the movie, uh, home video release. But the one of the co-directors was saying to on that very topic, you know, this was the first time that Disney had you had gotten to know the parent, and then they the parent dies. It wasn't as though it's the cold open. It's not as though the one of the parents is already dead. It's not implied. Like, we spend time with Mufasa, and we learn things from him, and we connect to him, and then we see him dying and the aftermath of that. And I couldn't believe that I had forgotten, and I'm, that's why I'm so glad I rewatched it, that Simba actually says to him, I'm going to be with you always, yeah. right? And that foreshadowing, which, again, yeah. as a kid, you don't, you're not looking at that being like, oh, no, Ugh. oh, no, I know where this is going. Yeah. But obviously, as an adult, when you're watching, the second he asks that, you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's why on different levels to both the parents that were taking their children or whoever was going to see this, it works because you see different things in, in different ways. Yeah. And actually getting to spend time with Mufasa and and fall in love with him, you know? We see him be incredibly heroic but teach lessons about bravery and what it actually mm-hmm. means and not picking fights. And he is 
such an important part of the movie, but he's not in it for that right. long. Yeah, I mean, he, I remember my mom, um, my mom loved The Lion King. And, um, and you know, it, it literally just hit me uh, that her dad died when she was young. Uh, when she was like maybe 14, he died of cancer. And that, it, like, of course, like, I mean, obviously it's sad to watch, <laughs> to watch Mufasa die, no matter what your personal history. But when you can connect to that. Exactly. And especially something like that where you, where I'm assuming she saw it coming then right. because he was sick with that. And then watching the difference between somebody who doesn't know they're about to lose a yeah. parent, but seeing that entire conversation. I mean, I definitely think that, yes, Disney movies are made for everybody. But they hit certain people at a completely right. different level. And that would make sense why she loved the movie so much. Right. And why so many people think of this as the best Disney movie of all time. It's because, you know, and at the end of the day, it's uh, it's about it, it. this movie, I would argue, you know, maybe up, but up, I think, maybe focuses more on on love with respect to your life. But uh, this is a movie about life. Right. Where I think if I had to boil it down, boil the Lion King down to what is it about? It is. It's the circle of life. But it's it's loss. It's it's, um, you know, danger. It's love. It's joy. It's adventure. It's all coming into your own. Yeah. And um, and I think that, you know, it's just um, my dad, I remember, would carry around. I don't remember where we. We probably got it in an arcade at some point. Um, but he had. Um, there's that great image of Rafiki um, pointing at Simba, like in his nose, mm-hmm. when he's a little like up, ah, you know. And it's dark. It's nighttime. The light. The, the stars are in the background. And that was the image on a little trading card or a little some, you know, whatever. And um, my dad carried that around in his wallet for a really 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 long time did you ever ask him about it um yeah i mean yeah he he would show it he would show it to me and he would be like you know what is remember what rafiki says it doesn't matter it's in the past like and and stuff like that you know but he just for whatever reason those yeah those life lessons um were really stood out to him (laughs) it makes me wonder what do you have a line or a moment in there that does stand out to you the most, like something that you feel like connected with you more than any of the other parts? It sort of burned into my brain that idea of, um, of like, you know, Rafiki hitting Simba over the head and saying, doesn't matter. It's in the past. Yeah. Like, stop. Like, stop. so crazy. Move on. Like, you have to. Life happens. You know, feel it. Process it. But also... It's forget it. You have to. You can't dwell on things. Yeah. You know. You you gotta just. Someone needs to smack you in the head and say, <laughs> "Live your life. Move on." You have to. It was so interesting because I was having a really really hard day to be honest when uh-huh. I when I, but I knew I wanted to watch this movie again because we were gonna talk about it. And I was like, I need to refresh because yeah. it's been so long. So I had a very you know I had a two hour window where mm-hmm. I was able to watch this. So no matter what was going on in my life, that's what I was gonna do during those two hours. And so the the whole part from Hakuna Matata yeah. to the whole lessons, I paused the movie to to check myself. Like, is are you are you making a bigger deal of something that doesn't need to? And should you just Hakuna Matata? Like, mm-hmm. are you can you just 
Like, how can you not be smiling listening to this? Sure. Because there's so much out there. And I'm, like, looking at the them going across yes. on the on the, uh, the visual. stump or whatever, that, that yes. the big long tree. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I, I know that I'm having, like, a frustrating moment in life right now and that I might be upset, but th- this is right. Like, yes. this is what will make me be happier and it was so crazy that at this point in my life that movie in that moment made me I literally hit pause and it was maybe 60 seconds I sat there and just was like wait a second check in yeah which I that wasn't ever the lesson of the movie to me growing up right and just different things at different times well I think too the reason this movie was so popular um, and resonated and made so much money, aside from it being gorgeous and a spectacle and um, and something we'd never seen before. Um, I think that this movie resonated with parents and kids. Do you know what I mean? And, 100%. And I think that's what's so special about the idea of... Um, of being able to come back to something like this as an adult and see it in a completely different way. You know, there are a handful of um, movies that are geared towards children that I think you can do that with. And, um, you know, but but The Lion King is absolutely, it, it touched a nerve with, with all people, I think, you know, at, at all stages. Yeah, I, and it does, you know, I've been so excited for this new one, mm-hmm. but it, it does make me slightly nervous because of just, this is on, I, I mean, I think 90% of the people I talk to, this is a top three Disney movie mm, for them. Interesting. Like, this is the top of the top of the mountain, and I wonder if in this new live action or whatever, sure. whatever Bibiani wants to call it or whatever <laughs> it is, movie. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be able to accomplish the same thing. I agree. I wonder about the lightning in a bottle of it all because when this movie came out, it was a risk. It was a big swing. People, we hadn't seen anything like it before. We didn't know what kind of story we were in for. And that music was so, I mean, I think the music stands the test of time, but the music was also very of its time, you know? And um, and now that we know it, and it's part of the pop culture, and it's part of the public consciousness, you know, will this new telling of this story have anything to add? I wonder about that. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe not. And and maybe it is enough that we've got the Donald Glover and, and Beyonce's of the world to be sure. working on it. And maybe that does change. But, you know, I just saw the movie yesterday. Oh, uh, and the new one. The new movie. Oh. So to, yesterday, I saw yesterday. Oh. Uh, and it was interesting because obviously no spoilers. Sure. I, I don't even know at which point when you guys are listening to this if you have seen it or not. But don't worry, I'm not yeah. going to say anything. But it made me question because the premise being if – the if nobody remembered the Beatles except for one person, what they do with that? Sure. And and I wonder if some for some reason the Lion King music had never happened until today, and this was about to be the first time. Would all of the hits be hits? Mm-hmm. Because to us, they are in everyday. I mean, you can't talk to somebody who does not know Circle of Life. Right. Uh, you, almost every song in this movie actually is a knock it out of the park. Hit. Yeah. And I wonder, was that because at the time, like you said, it, the music is very reminiscent of the time, or is it because they are all genuinely hits that could have lived 
any time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. I really don't know either. I think we're, it's a, you know, I do think that it's, first of all, I think it's really important that, um, uh, in reimagining this movie for 2019, having you know presence the presence of Chiwetel Ejiofor and Donald Glover and Beyonce, like having you know people of color in some of these roles, I think is important, um, and that is important to the retelling already. Um, and also, I want to hear Donald Glover and Beyonce sing in these these wonderful songs. Have you been listening a little bit? I've been kind of like trying to avoid. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, girl, you're in for it. It is, it's like butter. mm, Like it's oh so good, so good so far. But I'm I'm trying to also limit my intake because I don't want. I'm getting too excited. Yeah, this is this is me trying to hedge my bets. Yeah, as I'm talking today about it, I'm like, you know, we don't know if it will live up to. I, I just want this to be everything I want it to be, so I'm trying to be chill. Yeah. <laughs> Relax, rocks. It's, I just, yeah, it's hard. It's just, it's, it's hard. And I do wonder, how do you add to this story? If you're going to be doing this, like, photorealistic telling, obviously that is a spectacle in and of itself, right? To see things that look like real animals sort of <clears throat> get to get to do this and not the 2D animation. But, you know, are they going to, for instance, like, Cinderella, I would argue, expanded on the story. Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella expanded on the very thin cartoon base right and um and there was a reason that that, i mean i think that there was i would argue there was enough story in this kenneth Branagh's cinderella to warrant a live action romance and costume drama and whatever i would argue that in the live action beauty and the beast there wasn't like for me beauty and the beast fell very flat because i was just like well i've seen this one thousand times and these not inanimate objects being animated. It's like, yeah, but that's I've already seen these inanimate objects animated, yeah. you know. So I, I don't. I do wonder if they're going to be able to add to the story of the Lion King, and in which ways they're going to change it. Sure, because, like you just said, expand, but expand is slightly different than stray. Yeah. So yeah. I, and I I know the pressure's on for them. They have to be every time they think about changing a line, right? A placement, uh, a character trait, whatever it is, they're they probably have I don't know dozens, if not hundreds, of people who are making that very one small decision sure. because it's so huge. And I don't know what you do to make this story better because mm-hmm. it's not thin. Right, exactly. It's very full. exactly. Well, it's a. It's like if we're talking about remakes in general, you know, God bless the people who try to remake great movies. Yeah. If you're remaking a movie that maybe has a cult following or or is is okay, then yeah, you can expand on that. You can build on that foundation, and some of those remakes of just fine movies turn out to be excellent. You know, I could point to dozens of examples of that. But when you are trying to remake something that is already great, yeah, I, that is a hard job. And I think, I think they wouldn't do it if they didn't have a plan. Sure. Just in the same way that I don't think they would have tackled a Toy Story 4 if there wasn't a plan. Sure. So I, 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 again, I'm breathing through mm-hmm. it, and I'm talking myself through it, thinking, okay, they're doing this for a reason. I saw the the Lion King play yes. three times. Okay. I love the show. 
Uh, I also love the additional songs, Morning Report being like one of my favorite uh-huh. Lion King songs. So I was thinking maybe they would add in some elements from that, but then I don't believe Morning Report is said to be one of the songs right. so you know i think that we i was thinking we would give zazu some more but it doesn't seem like maybe mm-hmm. that's the direction they're going so i don't know i hope that there there's a lot of lion king stuff out there they could borrow from and that maybe could help expand but if they're not going to do that and they're going to just try to do something completely original that's never been done before that is a storyline that we're not even thinking of uh, I'm excited and nervous. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Lion King is very much Simba's story. And um, so I do think that there's a lot of room to expand on Nala's story and give her a little bit more of a character and a little bit more of a journey. Absolutely. Yeah. That would make me really interested. Yeah. And considering who they have working on it, <laughs> I I think that they're going to give Nala a little bit to do. Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite like side character in the lion king um oh my gosh i I feel like it does change every time i watch Uh it which is and uh, another thing that surprised me how long it takes us to get to timon and pumbaa yeah that was i i don't remember from at least the last time i watched it it being that long but it I guess maybe it might be Timon. I mean, is he a side character? Or is that a yeah, main character? No, I think they're. I think uh, probably Simba and Nala and Mufasa and Scar, and Scar are our yeah. main characters. He's, he's so funny. Yes, uh, I love that. Um, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg's pretty funny Ugh. too. I don't know this this time around. Something something about Timon. I was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you've got it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Good old, good old Nathan. Who's Lane. yours? Um, Zazu. Mm-hmm. I like Zazu. But also, isn't he? <laughs> don't you kind of just want to like swat him sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. But I think he's funny. And also, I will say about the new one uh, when John Oliver was announced as the voice of Zazu, I was just like perfection. Oh my god! Yeah. And even even John Oliver on his show made a joke about it and did a split screen of him and Zazu, and he was like, I don't know why anyone would think that I would be a good fit for this character. He looks exactly like Zazu. And he was making the joke, like, of course I look like this bird. Yeah, 100%. Of course this is me. This this Um, is the most nitpicky small thing ever. But when I was watching it this week, it bothered me that when Scar ends up... I almost just said spoiler alert. (laughs) I mean, if if you don't know at this point. When Scar is about to go go, um, hurt Mufasa. Yeah. And Zazu's like, I'm going to go get some help. And Scar swats him away. Mm Mm-hmm. Does Zazu not remember that that <sighs> happened? Because it's almost like he has Scar's back yeah. for a minute yeah. and doesn't reveal what actually happened there. And then not just for that minute, but for the entire time that Simba's gone and nobody knew what had happened. Yeah. D- does Zazu not remember that he that he swatted him against the rock and do, you, do you think he's scared of him maybe i mean maybe that that's kind of my guess is that zazu is just scared well, he's of definitely her. scared of yeah. him i just don't know if that would never again this is the smallest thing in the whole world but i was like zazu speak Aww. up my friend i know <laughs> i know well maybe maybe in the new one 
they'll give him a little bit of yeah, a little bit of chutzpah, yeah. some, some more, some more something. You need some chutzpah. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Uh, okay, so before we move on to the part where you get to add a movie to the list, um, is there anything else about the Lion King in particular that you want to touch on? The only thing that you kind of touched on for this new one that I'm hoping yeah, you're yeah. doing is that I wish that Nala was a stronger character. Agreed, one hundred percent. And that's something that was not new to me this time. I've noticed since I was younger. Yes. Where you just, there's not that much to look up to there. You're not watching that thinking like, oh, the, her characteristics, I mean, she is definitely loyal, so yes. there is that. But there's not that much personality. She's she's just kind of appreciative. Yeah. Which is nice, which is fine, but I wanted her to be awesome. And isn't she, I mean, would you say, because I kind of feel like her role is essentially to just like whip Simba in shape. Yes, and also we find out so early on that they're betrothed. So sure, sure. Her, it feels like this movie is saying her role is to, and not fully, but her role is to end up being a wife. Right. That is the role. Right. And that's fine, but I think that there's got to be more to her. And we just didn't really have time to explore that in this movie or it wasn't the direction the movie went in. But that, if, if I'm not doing the nitpicky Zazu mm-hmm. thing, that was, that's my real only complaint with it that they're just, uh, is not I mean we've got when we spend so much time with uh, Simba and Pumbaa and uh, Timon and Pumbaa it's like there I would like a strong woman uh, presence and, there when she grows up you know and I wonder too if it's maybe more of like the movie is so heavy because we are te- te- in theory teaching children about life and death and the food chain and and just big things that maybe it's maybe the thought process behind the storytelling was okay we're gonna lean into this Timon and Pumbaa thing a little bit because we gotta brighten this up this is intense you know as opposed to like really and and so we spend more time with the with Timon and Pumbaa versus Nala um because you know, and I don't know, maybe that was the thought process. What is she? And I agree that's the thought process. But I was watching thinking, what did she do during this time? Right. You know, because we see finally at the end that the the lions are they are able to actually take out the hyenas. Yeah. They, there's enough of them that they can. So did it not occur to them that they could do that? Or did they not feel strong enough? I just wonder how hard did Nala push back right. during all of this time? Well, you know, I mean, oh, Lord. And, of course, we're, we have a short like we have a short window. But I was reading uh, some analysis of the movie, and there is a comparison between Scar and leading and his hyenas with Nazi occupied Germany. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so so yeah, I mean, you do wonder like okay, there are all of these you know like how ha- I completely get yeah. where you're going for it's, it's a it's a curiosity. Sure. Oh, and it's a valid it. one. And I I don't know if this live action movie will even attempt to address any of it, mm-hmm. but I do think like you were talking about if they want to expand on her character, 
maybe we do while we go and see what Simba's doing in that time. Maybe we do check back in and with Nala and see what you up to, girl. Totally. I would. I know that me as a fan, looking for something a little bit new, in addition to the spectacle of almost you know photorealistic like animation, would love to see more of of Nala. Because it's not sure. retcon. It could absolutely. It could oh, actually absolutely. be the same story. You know, we just absolutely. Didn't see it. It's just a storytelling choice. Yes. Yes, okay. I agree. So, all right, all right. I want to. I want to first hit you with my two honorable mentions Great. because these are based off of the list of songs. Okay, uh, the hundred songs. Right. Uh, and one of them that I thought was interesting that wasn't on there, but the movie was. Grease is on there, but the song "You're the One That I Want" is not on there. Ah, uh-huh. and that song touches my soul. It's great. So I love it. This isn't on there because timing-wise, and I don't know if it's been out long enough that people would even think of this, but I think what Shallow did for the world and how it captured everybody, I I mean. It will absolutely, if they ever redo this Mm -hmm. list, absolutely it will be on there. This is the song, though, that in this kind of vein, uh, it's not coming from my favorite movie. A lot of people love it, but the actual song, to not give it credit where credit is due, let it go. Oh, yes. Let It Go from Frozen. Yeah. I feel like swept this earth in a way that no one was expecting. Right. I mean, that th- that part of the movie is by far and away the best part of yes. the movie. Uh, and in a movie that's about sisters, which is like my whole, th- I'm, I'm obsessed with sister things. But like, watch this song. I, I, I feel like every, my 91-year-old grandmother was singing it. Mm-hmm. My five-year-old cousin was singing it. Like, uh, everybody, everywhere. I have a—you know, it's funny. So the first time—I actually saw Frozen with Amy Rose Eisenbach. Um, I, speaking of remembering where and when you saw a movie, I went with her. We went to the Santa Monica—I'm uh, sorry, Santa Monica Promenade AMC. We saw it there. And um, I just remember being like, okay— that was a movie. That's exactly how I feel. Okay. That's exactly how I feel. So, but then I went back years later and I watched it again, like at home. And for whatever reason, it really hit me. Really? It did. It really, really, really did. And I don't know. I want to look this up, actually. Um, I want to look up what year Frozen came out. I want, was it 2015 or was it 20? It ha, oh, it had to be earlier than that. It was probably 2013. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I would have, so, I would have guessed 2015 as well. Yeah. It was, I guess, timeline wow. wise though, because I saw it with Amy Rose um, and I met her in 2013. So that makes sense. Oh, but, what a good first friendship kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a sweet little date that we went on. But, um, but yes. So, okay. This is what I'm getting at. I think I went back and saw Frozen um, at a time where I needed to watch women say things to the bigger picture. I needed to see someone like Elsa who was angry and powerful um, say I, of course, I tried so hard not to curse on the Lion King episode, but I'm going to do it. I needed to watch Elsa say, fuck off. Yeah. 
and I am powerful, and you all are wrong, and if you want to make a monster out of me, I will show you. Like, I needed to see that. And um, and I love Anna, too. Like, I love watching her journey because it's charming and it's endearing. And I like watching her, you know, um, have a little bit of fun with the notion of, I'm a princess and I just, we're in love. Like, yeah. I love that early, you know, setup. But then watching the betrayal that she goes through. And but that's how you show a strong, loyal character. Absolutely. And so I guess what I'm saying is... I rewatched Frozen at a time when I needed to watch Frozen. And then it resonated. Yes. Isn't it crazy how movies do that? Yes. Where you think you're, something's fine and then you watch it again and you're like, wait, this spoke to me completely yes. different because of where I am. Yep. That's why it's so, I feel like any of these YouTube reviews or podcasts that I do, I always try to say like, okay, today is uh, June of 2019 and that's how I feel about this movie today. today. Yes. And you cannot hold me to that because... I'm a human being so my opinions are allowed to change because that is life and by the way as well they should because that makes me somebody who's able to evolve that's exactly right and And because a piece of art can speak to you in a way when you're 16 that when you're 27 or when you're 47 it's just not the same right I mean you're I, I would hope that at 17 you're a different person than when you're 37 not completely but I hope that in some ways we've grown and changed and the way we see the world has maybe evolved in a little bit me too and I and I again I like that about myself yeah I like that all of a sudden I'll like a movie that I used to think was not for me. And then I'll watch it again and I'll be like, no, that was great. Loved that moment. And you know, with respect to Let It Go, um, I I love that that movie has become an anthem. I mean, it, it means, this is the thing is, yes, is it maybe overplayed? Have we heard it too many times at karaoke? Probably. But that said, the the message that people are conveying when they are belting that song out is very valid and powerful and powerful and even I I can't not bring up that video of the little boy in his Elsa dress dancing around with his dad in an Elsa dress belting out let it go and it's just like that message and power touches people all it can touch all different kinds of people. What's interesting as you're saying it, I'm I'm thinking about how similar, n- not necessarily the songs, but the concept of letting it go, and it means no worries. Right. How interesting is that? Sure. Things that connect with all ages of people. Yeah. And it, it's not exactly what let it go means. Sure. It also is about. You know, filling the room and and letting it and taking ha- something back, right? Exactly. But, but you're right. But it's interesting. Like those, Hakuna Matata is the famous phrase, right? And let it go is the famous phrase. Yeah. So that's a that's an interesting uh, look at our world. For sure, I agree. This is so good, Roxy. Thanks, girl. I had so so much fun. I was so excited about doing this. Like, I love talking movies with you, and you just are so knowledgeable about things. And I learned more about Lion King than I knew. Same. (laughs) I I love talking it out. The feeling is completely mutual. And uh, I know you have a million things to do today. So thank you instead of taking a break for an hour for, like, doing this for an hour. Who needs a break? Eh, Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata, indeed. (laughs) All right, my love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so 
much to actress and host Roxy Stryer for getting uh, nerdy about musicals with me. And uh, I don't know, going down a trip down memory lane. It was a lot of fun. If you uh, haven't listened to my episode with Sabina Graves, where we talk about Toy Story, or my episode with Hector Navarro, where we talk about um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, I would highly recommend checking both of those episodes out because um, they're they're sort of in the same family as this conversation. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun. So thank you, Roxy. And thank you all for listening um, this Thursday, even though Comic-Con will be in full swing, there will be a mini episode more from my conversation with Roxy Stryer, uh, especially for all you musical theater nerds out there. You are not going to want to miss it. So head on over to patreon.com slash Clark Wolf. And in the meantime, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you soon. <laughs> 